Welcome to the Gods of Tomorrow podcast, where we discuss religious deconstruction, secular humanism, political activism, and epistemology. Together, we explore how to solve human problems with human solutions. We deconstruct, we activate, and then most importantly, we live our fucking lives. I am your host, Josh Ra, and you are the gods of tomorrow. All right, all right, all right. Let's uh, let's do this shit. Well, somebody kicked open the pearly gates and popped Peter in the mouth. We are back. Episode 5, talking about women's rights and the Abrahamic patriarchy. My name is Josh Raw. You can call me Josh. And I can't believe I'm doing a topic like this, this early on in the podcast, but with the current circumstances of the potential Roe v. Wade being overturned by the leaked Supreme Court document. And today being Mother's Day, it just seemed appropriate to bring up this topic, but I'll be honest, I wish that I had the rights to share Bo Burnham's comedy song from his Inside special that he did on Netflix, where he talks about being a special kind of white guy, being self-reflected, wanting to be an agent of change, using his privilege for the good, and how he should probably just shut the fuck up, because that is how I feel right now. I am a white, straight, cis male, uh, very much embedded within a patriarchal society, and I don't know that this is a microphone that I should be holding. I look forward to bringing on other individuals on the podcast to explore topics like these that really should have the platform and the stage to talk about them. Um, But here I am, bringing this up, talking about the patriarchy, women's rights, and the influence that religion has on this particular topic in our Western culture. Now, we know that the world was not always patriarchal. I mean, some individuals will argue that men have always been dominant and have always held sway in the social world, but Many historians have noted that the patriarchy is not a natural state of affairs and that male dominance has only truly come into existence between 10 to 12,000 years ago. It is thought to have coincided with the introduction of agriculture and militarism, but we're really just not 100% sure. The narrative that matrilineal societies, you know, where ancestry is traced through the female line, was prominent around 80 to 90,000 years ago, with men and women sharing tasks such as making tools or clothes, hunting and gathering. In fact, I remember um, back in college, I took a magic witchcraft and religion course at Wichita State, and we spent quite a bit of time observing cultures around the globe that still followed this same structure within their cultures. And I I believe this was in remote cultures in the Amazon, if that's uh, what I'm remembering correctly, that maintained these societal roles. But there were still matriarchal cultures that existed 
across the globe even today. Now, we do have evidence of this being in the past, however. Uh, there's the Katal Hoyuk, a Turkish town, dated somewhere between like 6260 to 5720 BCE, that showed a long period of an equalitarian society with evidence for a slight dominance for the mother goddess. We also have seen Mesopotamian societies uh, in Sumerian city-states that had early forms of matrilocal marriages and dominance of their own mother goddess between 3500 and 3000 BC. But So we know this existed. We know that there were matriarchal societies. We know there were equalitarian societies, and it has not always been patriarchal. I'll reiterate that we have no universally accepted explanation for how the patriarchy developed. Uh, Engels and Marxist feminists will usually tell us that women's subordination came um, due to economics that developed with the formation of like private property and a desire for men to maintain their power and pass it on to their children. There's another theory that is developed from the need of men having a psychological need to compensate for their inability to bear children. Uh, social feminists will tell us that it came from a combination of these two things along with an ideology that developed over time from several forces and factors. I personally lean toward theories from cultural anthropology that argue the main reason had to do with the food source system and the pastoral region that men spent most of their time farming for resources. This placed a lot of responsibility and power into their hands and with lands having scarce resources, this also led to militaristic outcomes, and men were brought into armies to seize more land for expansion, and thus women's roles began to change and the matriarchal societies faded out. And this is especially true, I think, in places like Egypt. There's a historian named Gerda Lerner who wrote on how the patriarchy was an outdated um, system, much like feudalism, and explained that it was not initially an evil conspiracy of men, but a functional labor division that did not intend to place men in a dominant state. As aggressiveness became essential for expansion and safety in this ancient world, males became critically important and women began to be viewed as spoils of war and property. And nowadays we see almost all organized religion push male superiority and restrict women's choices over their own body, sexuality, clothes, and just about everything. Now in the Bible, we see this from the onset with the rewritten Genesis story that I'll talk about in a bit uh, that originally came out of Mesopotamia that's been restructured to make women appear to be to blame for Adam's sin after already being reduced to a lesser being of Adam since she was made from the rib of her husband. Now, if you're not familiar, it was Thomas Aquinas who said that women were defective and misbegotten, a concept that has continued to be preached through the church to subjugate women. And to be clear, this restriction on women is found in many religions worldwide. Islamic women cannot lead prayers, Hindus don't allow women priests, and evangelicals are told to be subordinate to their husbands. It should be noted that many will debate that their role is not second class, but different. And while I readily understand that difference between masculine, feminine, and neutral traits in individuals, 
I don't think that having laws regulating our pursuance of occupation, relationships, autonomy, personal expression have any place in a modern world. These elements do not cause harm to anyone and they're not subject to be dictated by a governing body. It's just fucking insane to think that a governing body can tell us what job we're allowed to have, how we should perform within our romantic or intimate relationships, and how we're allowed to express ourselves in terms of personality and individualism. But regardless of how the patriarchal patterns in society were formed, whether from natural early human society or something else, the nature of organized religion is firmly holding its influence intact because of its insane societal influence, promoting misogynistic and repressive beliefs towards women. Now, I've heard about everything I think I could possibly imagine from individuals debating how the patriarchy is not an issue of the Bible or of religious doctrine. I have heard that the Hebrew language has only a masculine gender for Elohim, and others say that Elohim is made up of feminine and masculine genders. I have heard that Yahweh has masculine and feminine characteristics, or characters even used in the framework of creating the Yahweh emblem. And others say that it is always masculine and cannot even be a neutral gender. I have heard people only reference verses of God referring to himself as king, warrior, or father, and say that God inspired masculine verbs for himself. And then I hear that God has used feminine language in other areas of the Bible, like Proverbs and Isaiah. I have heard that anyone that refers to God as she, her, or mother God is insulting God, or that the God of Christianity is genderless, which is reflected in what Exodus 3, when God responds, I am who I am. And I have heard, get this, that anyone who cannot accept that God is intentionally choosing masculine pronouns in reference to himself in his scriptures, like Isaiah 9.6, is suffering from an issue of sin. Now, to be honest, from my perspective, the gender you choose or not choose to attribute to God is immaterial when considering the very real problem of Abrahamic masculinity in our society today. There are racial, religious, and economic dimensions of masculinity that threaten a free world and the progression of humanity. The expressions of masculinity that are perpetuated by monotheistic traditions found in Judaism, Christianity, and Islam, and the indoctrination and institutionalization of this expression of this masculinity is harmful. It's hurtful to men and women alike. I know I haven't really talked much about the impact of this overarching umbrella and how it also impacts men, but it is a poison that is difficult to extract. And our sons are also in danger of being injected with lifelong beliefs and opinions that damage their capacity to even fathom the suffering that they inflict on others by upholding this deceitful doctrine. As a male, and this is probably the only place that I am probably most liberated to speak on this, I can say how challenging and difficult it was to rewrite the indoctrination placed on me by a church 
and what it meant to be a man and how I was meant to express my masculinity as a man in a culture that is just completely wrought with Abrahamic masculinity at its core and being the driving force in teaching many of those in our culture what it is to be a man. And I want to give a little insight into this. Have you ever read the set of beliefs that are upheld by the Reformed Evangelical Protestant Christianity concerning gender relations? There's these tenets of biblical patriarchy, which are determined to preserve as much of the patriarchal structure of the Old Testament as possible. And yeah, this is a real thing. And while there are particular churches that actually print these and publish these, these are concepts that are frequently addressed in men's studies and in sermons in Protestant and Catholic churches all across the world. Here's a few of them. God ordained distinct gender roles for men and women as part of the created order. Or, a husband and father is the head of his household, a family leader, provider, and protector. I got that one a lot while I was in the church. How it was my job to oversee my wife and all of my children, and if there was any evil or sin that was taking place in my home, it was because I was not being strict enough in the way that I was engaging with those within my home. Here's you another. Male leadership in the home carries over into the church. Only men are permitted to hold ruling positions in the church. A God-honoring society will likewise prefer male leadership in civil and other spheres. How about a woman was created as a helper to her husband, as the bearer of children, and as a keeper at home? The God-ordained and proper sphere of dominion for a wife is the household and that which is connected with the home. Or that Christian parents must provide their children with a thoroughly Christian education, one that teaches the Bible and the biblical view of God. Or that women aren't allowed to vote or should not vote. That higher education is not important for women. Or that unmarried adult women are subject to their father's authority. These are things that are upheld by biblical patriarchy. And like I said, while not every church may have these in print or directly given to men within the church, they are talked about frequently. How the fuck did we get here? Well, in my third podcast, I talked a little bit about Yahweh and how he was initially worshipped by the Edomites, the Kenites, and likely the Midianites. These were tribes among the Canaanites. Yahweh was possibly worshipped by these nations before the Israelites. Genesis 36-31 tells us that Edomite monarchs ruled before any Israelite king. The Canaanites were subdued and remained in the land and gradually were absorbed into the Hebrew nation. This is the important part that I'm getting to. Those old shrines became shrines of Yahweh. And tradition changed its origin to Abraham. This is even detailed in the Old Testament. Now, there's a lot of debate about when the earliest manuscripts were written, but it's accepted that men were permitted to teach and learn the scriptures to teach them to others, and women were not given the same opportunity. This was a way for men to remain in power and choose which scriptures to read and how to interpret them. Without a doubt, the early Judaic cultures were patriarchal. 
The number of verses in the Old Testament speak for themselves, and this may have been a result of the cultural changes like we talked about in the beginning of this episode, which impacted the sexual hierarchy, which impacted how the Bible was scribed. But for me, the fact that the traditions were changed to Abraham of pagan societies and the temples were tore down and rebuilt as temples of Yahweh and they rewrote those traditions to being Abrahamic so that the feminine source of some beliefs were erased and rewritten to capture this Abrahamic God is so powerful in terms of how that's impacted us into moving into a patriarchal society. Let me give you an example. The retelling of Genesis chapters 2 and 3, where women became to be viewed as evil and a source of evil. We know that these verses or these stories were originally a Mesopotamian story of the serpent and Adam and Eve and the creation of man. And there was more balance in those in terms of uh, women being that creative power in the beginning. But they were rewritten. They were rewritten for uh, this Abrahamic God. And we began to see that women, again, were viewed as evil and a source of evil, apocryphal and pseudepigraphal material like Barak and Sirach and the Apocalypse of Enoch and the Book of Jubilees and the Book of Adam and Eve helped form this conceptualization of women being inferior to men by design. These biases, these interpretations continued in writings of the New Testament, including 2 Corinthians 11.3, uh, 1 Timothy 2, verses 9 through 15, and 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 1 through 7. It was also found in the writings of early church influencers like Augustine, Aquinas, uh, Luther, Calvin, Knox. And for centuries, this has formed the idea that women should be subordinate to men. But I want to point out that much of this was reinforced too by Hellenistic Roman worldviews, which believed women to be subordinate to men. Cato, in his History of Rome, says that women should not conduct any business without a guardian, and that men are superior to women. Paul captures the same sentiment in 1 Corinthians 14, chapters, uh, or verses 34 and 35. The Hellenistic Jew, Josephus, also shared this. He said that women should be submissive and directed by man, who God has given authority. These patriarchal beliefs, I believe, began in Judaism, they were rewritten within the scriptures to give this understanding of men being above women. And then it was reinforced at the beginning of Christianity and from the influence of Rome. And it has continued for centuries. Now, even now, we have seen that many religions present women as temptresses who distract men from the serious business of worship. Women are frequently given roles of nurturing, caring, and giving birth. And when we read the text, we see male gods, male prophets, male angels that are written by men and interpreted by men. Now, I do think there is evidence to show not all of those texts originally had all of these different entities being men, but now those texts all reflect males, masculinity. There are rules in religious organizations on contraception, abortion, marriage, and divorce, and they're primarily aimed at women's rights, not men's rights. Women are excluded from positions of authority in many religions, 
and there's also this traditional gender division of labor in most organizations. Karen Armstrong in 1993 argued that it was the development of monotheistic religions with their all-powerful male gods, such as Judaism, Christianity, and Islam, which imbued religion with a patriarchal and sexist core. She points out that various goddesses and priestesses were replaced with male prophets. Uh, Nawal El Sadawi argued that religions are not the direct cause of women's exploitation and oppression, though they are often the tool employed to this end. The cause is the patriarchal society that we find ourselves in. She argued that powerful men reinterpreted these religious beliefs and ideas in order to benefit themselves. For myself, I think that we as a people can either accept that patriarchal biblical text is sacred and be content with the so-called divine truth that humans are not created equal, that we all have a different role to play in society, or we can expose its patriarchy and reject it as sacred and authoritative. I think we should all be intolerant of this shit pie of an ideology, and we should be banding together to make it known that this patriarchal concept has no place in a modern society. It should not be in our schools, our communities, within our laws. It should not be dictated by any type of serious organization that has any value for human life. Thank you all for joining me in today's podcast. And please let me know what you'd hoped that I would touch on. Because while I myself may not be the best equipped to tackle some of these really difficult and complex topics, I am more than happy to reach out to others that need a platform to speak on it, to help educate all of us on what we can do to have a more free and more equal society. To all the mothers out there, I hope you're having a fabulous Mother's Day. And to the rest of you, let's head on up to heaven and pop Peter in the mouth. Yeah.